Welcome to Breaking the Bias. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders from across our industry, shining a light and sharing stories of workplace empowerment. Welcome to this episode of Breaking the Bias. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Suzanne Randall, Managing Director in Marketing and Communications for Accenture. I was really excited to be able to have Suzanne join us today. In particular, um, really rich experience, and I was very inspired to hear your talk, Suzanne, recently on um, on TED Talk. It'd be great if you could kick us off with, with a bit about you, who you are, your career so far, before we dive in. Alicia, hello. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, As a proud enrolled member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, uh, I've been a marketing and communications professional my entire life. I've been at Accenture, just celebrated 25 years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, still going strong. Absolutely loving every minute of it and could not be more delighted to be here speaking with you today. That's fantastic. And something that I read read about you is, uh, as I was doing doing some research and excited to have you on, on this episode, I thought um, you, you've got a really rich heritage, a rich uh, Native American heritage that I'd love to explore in a bit more detail. And I was interested to hear the, the, the role that women play in, when it comes to decision making in Native American tribes. C- can you add a bit of color for, for our audience and, and for our listeners? Indeed. I come from a long line of strong Native American women. Uh, In my TED Talk, I actually speak about the story of my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother, and what they have lived through in their lives. And really, resilience is at the core of that in terms of how they were challenged to not to remain true to their identity, and yet, despite all circumstances, continued to emerge successful and being true in who they are. And so as a working mother, I've got a daughter, I have a couple of nieces and tons of cousins. I've always been a proponent of staying true to who you are and to your authentic self and using that as a foundation for everything you want to accomplish in your life. Fantastic. And Suzanne, I was particularly intrigued by just looking at Native American tribes and, and uh, the lineage. It's very, it sounds very different to what you see traditionally in, in parts of Europe and, and parts of North America where you descend from your father's side as opposed to your mother's side. How do you think that's, that, that heritage has, has affected you and driven you um, in, in your own life and, and where you are today? Well, here in the U.S., we have 574 federally recognized tribes, and and within the we also have hundreds of state recognized tribes as well. Uh, interestingly, I I am enrolled in Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa through my mother, and that is my primary affiliation. However, my father is enrolled in the uh, Potawatomi Indian Tribe of Virginia, which is a state recognized tribe, and so I'm quite fortunate in that I have. Native American bloodline from both my mother and my father. Uh, What that really afforded uh, my sister and I was an opportunity to holistically understand where we come from, the traditions and cultural opportunities that we had to celebrate who we are and where we came from were just, they were endless. And uh, our entire lives, we were surrounded by people who were proud of who they were, very focused on sharing oral traditions sharing important facts about what has happened to Native American people in the U.S. so that we can continue to create greater awareness and understanding of our culture to help everyone come together in unity 
and to heal from the past and to move forward in a positive manner. Fantastic. I, I did enjoy your TED talk. You touched on it earlier. And in particular, what I was drawn to is this idea of embracing who you are, love, loving your thumbprint. Can you talk to me a little bit more about the idea um, and, and really where it came from? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first put in my application to do a TED talk, I had a million and one ideas of, of what <laughs> I wanted to, to, to talk about. But what really inspired me was this notion of you know, for each of us, there's only one of us. And it's not just, hey, you're one in a million, but in fact, you're one in 7.8 billion. And the reason why I used this sort of creative analogy of your thumbprint is I was inspired by my great grandmother who at a, at a very uh, young age as a new mother was forced to use her thumbprint to sign a document to agree to have her daughter sent away to, to an Indian boarding school. And so I started with this notion of she used her thumbprint because it was the only way of communicating because she didn't read, speak, or write English. And so that's where it sort of started. And then I allowed the idea to kind of formulate from there, where then I spoke about my grandmother and how she used her thumbprint to use her thumb and to hitchhike away from the boarding school because she was not having a good experience and she wanted to leave they were forcing her to sort of strip herself from her Indian identity. And she was just completely against that and wanted to leave. And then that strength and resilience carried forward in my mother, who left her home on the Indian reservation uh, with $5 and all of her belongings in a paper sack. And she moved to Grand Forks, which was a community about three and a half hours away from the reservation uh, to become a hairdresser. And she used her thumbprint and her hands to use her creative skills to make people feel good about themselves. And so, and then I continued to say, you know, my thumbprint was being able to use my storytelling, honoring these women in my life who have really shaped who I am and to use my ability to tell stories and to shine a light on this to, again, create greater understanding and awareness of our history and I think everyone has an opportunity to share your own personal story. We all come from somewhere. We all have ideas worth spreading, ideas worth sharing. And so it's important for us to reflect and think of, you know, what knowledge can I share with others? How can that create, you know, a better world where we have more tolerance and more kindness to one another? So that was really kind of the essence of, of the TED Talk used the word resilience a couple of times in, in our conversation already and I've picked that up from um, seeing some of the work you've done and, and the interactions that, that we've had. How has resilience helped you in, in your life, either your personal life or your, your career? I think resilience is something that is at the core of who I am and I think whether you are approaching you know a, a project at work or facing a situation in your personal life, I think anchoring yourself to who you are, your values, the things that are important to you and not forgetting who you are and staying true to who you are is essential in in sort of addressing, you know, whatever opportunity or challenge you have just very head on and really kind of trusting your instincts, trusting your gut in helping you to make the right decisions at each turning point. I think every day we have an opportunity to, to practice resilience, to 
lean on our strengths and to continue to learn and grow. I think that's incredibly important for anyone's life. But for me, resilience is just never giving up and using every situation as an opportunity to learn. Perhaps it's learning something that you want to you know, become better at right? Like identifying something where like, oh man, I really want to understand that better. I want to become better at this particular skill. Or perhaps through an experience, you learn something that you don't like. And maybe it's a characteristic of someone that you've worked with and you say, you know, I've learned that this is something that I never want to, to do. And so I think, you know, at, at every turning point, you can take that learning and then apply it to your life. And to me, you know, resilience is a daily choice because every day we're faced with, right, a new opportunity to succeed or to learn, right? I don't really believe in this word failure, but it's just like, it's a learning opportunity and never giving up and just being kind to yourself and being open to that and wherever things land, just believing that, especially if you're giving it your best and just continuing to move forward and having that belief in yourself, I think is just essential. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And uh, you know, I spent a long time looking at where, where does resilience come from? And I know lots of the conversations we've had around these topics is, you know, is can resilience be built over time? Is it something that's intrinsic and in, in your values? And given some of your um, history and some of the stories that you've touched on already, do, do you think you were always resilient or have you built your resilience over, over time? It's a great question. I actually believe it's a little little bit of both because I believe the way that I was raised by these incredibly strong women and and my father and my extended family of aunties and uncles was you know it started from a place of love and it came from a place of working hard and it came from a place of you have to keep going and so you know I was taught at a very young age, you know, work hard, get your education, become financially independent before you think about starting <laughs> a family. Just give yourself a different opportunity than, and that was really important for my parents. And I think then over time, especially when I came into my career, I found that with every passing year, when I was given new opportunities to stretch my skills to expand my knowledge base, to travel internationally, you know, to go to Europe, to travel to India, you know, using each of those moments to sort of build on my foundation was really what it was about was critical. And so, uh, but I definitely uh, feel like at my core, it's sort of my mother and I love to use this analogy because we both love to make homemade soup. And we always talk about, you know, what makes the most rich and delicious broth, right? It's typically the bones yeah. going into the broth to create this right beautiful stock. And so my mother and I say, you know, especially when, you know, something positive happens and we have a bit of a laugh and we're celebrating something, we'll always kind of joke and say, well, you know, it's in the stock, <laughs> meaning I come from my mother, right? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a chip off the old block. And, and I love that expression because, you know, the longer you let, the broth simmer, mm -hmm. it's just going to get richer and stronger and more developed. And so in a way, maybe that's a, a, an analogy for resilience. And I don't think that the, I don't think the journey is ever really over because again, you know, each day presents a new and exciting opportunity to demonstrate what you've learned, or in fact, to pay it forward and to help someone else who's in a situation. And you can bring your learning, you can bring your experience 
to help someone. And for me right now in my career, giving back and mentoring and helping young women where they're at in their particular journey uh, is really quite rewarding. And it's definitely kind of a two-way street of, of sharing and, and helping one another. Yeah, I'd love love to unpack that a, a little bit later and talk about about your mentoring. Um, just just to stay on the the, the TED talk, something that um, really resonated me was this idea of there's no one else in the world like you, and that makes it, it, it your your ultimate power. What what would your advice be to really embrace this statement for somebody in their work life? I think it's important that we all know that what makes you special and unique you know, this is your ultimate power. We're all here for a reason. And the only way I believe you can really find out what your unique purpose is, is to walk and talk your true self. And so that starts with just really embracing and understanding and loving who you are, understanding your strengths, understanding your areas for opportunity for continued growth and learning, and and embracing that, and then being open to sharing that with others. Yeah. Fantastic. And you, you're also the founder and executive sponsor of Accenture's Native American Employee Resource Group. T- tell me more. What's the objective? What, what are you looking to achieve um, with, with this group? This is a passion area of mine. So 15 years ago, uh, I was on maternity leave after having my first son, Matthew, and I was looking around my company and seeing just incredible employee resource groups coming coming up across all different facets of the organization. And I looked around and I said, hmm, I don't see anything for American Indians at Accenture. And our company is absolutely, you know, razor focused on building a culture of equality for all. And so I used that opportunity where I saw a gap to put together a proposal to say, here's why I believe creating this employee resource group will create, you know, another opportunity for people to gain greater awareness of Native American culture uh, to allow us to have more intentional efforts around recognizing Native American employees who already work at Accenture or having a a group focused on recruiting more Native American talent. And so it was really focused on those, those three R's of recognition, retention, and recruitment. And I was met with open arms by our leadership was given funding and we started building up our our group. And today, um, what started 15 years ago, we now have over 300 members. It's a national virtual resource group with some local chapters in some key cities uh, in the US. And we've done some incredible work in Indian country. One thing in particular that we're really proud of is we established the Accenture Native American Scholarship Fund. And since we've launched, we've awarded more than 1.2 million to over 120 Native American students, representing over 60 sovereign nations. And by investing in the future of Indian country and harnessing the power of education to create more equality and equity, that's been a huge push for our company. And being the executive sponsor of that scholarship fund is just something that I'm, I'm incredibly proud of.
what what give, gives you that bias for action? Because I think there are so many people that are passionate about a particular topic. Um, they want to bring their whole selves to to, to work, but it, it feels like really over the, the, the last 25 years at Accenture and certainly the last 15 in building out the employee re- resource group, you, you're really making a meaningful difference. Where, where does this come from? Is it a, a, a fire that you have? Are you always starting up new initiatives? What drives you? I think for myself personally, as well as so many of my colleagues and friends at Accenture is we really have a shared desire to be in the service of others. And by living and walking and breathing our ongoing commitment to inclusion and diversity, I think we can be role models to encourage others to show up and to get engaged and to you know, outside of, of perhaps, you know, your primary work responsibilities, but coming together to connect with one another, to share and celebrate who each of us are, you know, and then by working together, we can find unique ways to give back and to continue to advance and accelerate our commitment to IND. And so whether that means coming together to celebrate Martin Luther King Day, you know, being able to lend an ear on a listening session, you know, after um, the horrific murder of George Floyd and just being there for one another and understanding how people were feeling, you know, whether it's going into one of our local communities and working on a sustainability program to help a local organization, all of this matters. And it really takes all of us to come together to be able to make that difference in ways big and small and truly everything in between. And so, For the employee resource groups at our company, this is a group of people that are so engaged and so want to make a difference. And and, and I think showing up and participating in those unique ways is, is one of many things that makes Accenture so special because it's the quality of our people and our commitment to one another. I think that just makes all the difference in the world. That's, that's really incredible. And Suzanne, you, you touched on diversity. You're obviously a huge champion for diversity and inclusion. How, how can more organizations, more individuals really make a difference versus talking the talk, um, to, you know, turning it into tangible actions? You, you touched there briefly on this idea of you know, however small, however big. Are, are there some tangible things that you would recommend to, to any organization or, or leader? I think for Accenture in particular, it really starts at the top. And so our global CEO, Julie Sweet, has made very clear and bold statements on the actions our company is taking on our inclusion and diversity commitment. And it's not just stating those intentions, but we're actually publicly tracking our metrics and measuring our success. And, and kind of talking about it every step of the way, we have a goal by 2025 to be 50-50 men, women, which is an incredible goal of ours. And in fact, we're already 46% of the way there. So we're getting very close. And I think just keeping razor focused on your goal, tracking those metrics, being accountable, being transparent, I think that creates trust and and the belief on everyone that is behind achieving that goal allows everyone to remain focused on what really matters and so i find that you know those actions that our company have taken in particular has really created conversations in the c suite 
uh, with other leaders to who can look at what Accenture has done and, and take some of those actions, you know, in the context of their own organization. So I think that's one way that I think, again, really setting that tone from the top is critically important. Then I think it it falls to the people who work at the company, you know, being able to be engaged and creating opportunities for people to share with one another and creating a safe space to really celebrate who you are and, and feeling comfortable to bring, you know, your best to the organization, both personally and professionally, uh, because being able to stay true to who you are, you know, going back to my TED talk, stay true to who you are, but bringing all of yourself every day, that's what makes the difference. You know, being able to feel embraced, feeling accepted, you know, being encouraged to try new things, to keep stretching. I think that's, those are some of the ways I think organizations can really sort of kick it up a notch in terms of how employees are engaging and how companies are advancing you know, their living commitment to inclusion and diversity. Yeah, I, I love that. I've seen firsthand in our own organization, you know, having transparency of, of those KPIs that you talked about actually helps the Exco and the leadership team stay more accountable as a result and fully embrace this idea of you know, va- valuing your team for and individuals across the business for, for who they are. Something that does intrigue me, though, as, as you're talking, Suzanne, is this idea of, you know, many global businesses, Accenture and, and otherwise, you know, that there's often a, a bit of a pressure to 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 conform. I think you've referred to it before as code switching. Uh, what what can leaders do, or what can teammates do, to really help people at work bring bring their true self, be valued for who they are? I think it all starts in how you treat one another and how you show up, not only as a leader but as a colleague. And the more that we can embrace and accept and celebrate the things that make us different and bring diverse teams together to solve a problem and to, you know, acknowledge the differences and use that to our advantage. I think that that's going to bring more innovation. It's going to bring more um, happiness, if you will, to the project, because everyone is going to feel, you know, recognized and appreciated for who they are. And they don't feel like they have to leave a part of themselves outside of the context of their team. And so and so I think that's really important is just, you know, modeling the behavior from the top and just being kind to one another and embracing one another and working through challenges together with honesty and directness. I think that's really essential. Yeah. And do you do those principles transcend to creating the right environment for for your team? How do you make sure that your teams are are living living that to true to their values? I think it starts with being a good listener mm-hmm. and and checking in with people and making sure you have a good pulse on how your team is feeling and and addressing concerns head on and then being able to bring people forward uh, to, to, to sort of the next opportunity, right? Like definitely take time to acknowledge and talk through, you know, the emotions of the day, the considerations of the day. And then again, being a good listener and then being really intentional on using those learnings, using those insights, those, those thoughts 
to kind of propel the team forward, uh, you know, particularly during COVID where we've all been working virtually and working quite frankly, very successfully virtually and collaborating with one another. I think taking the time to check in and to be human first and to really listen is just really foundational to keeping the team uh, feeling motivated and connected and really understood. Uh, so I, I find that that is, um, you know, that can be in the little things and it can also be in the big things and, and everything in between. Um, but I really uh, firmly believe that it kind of starts and stops with just being a good listener and just being really engaged and understanding how your team's feeling. Speaking of using learnings, Susanna, a, a bit of a curveball for you, but you, you've you've had a you know phenomenal career. You've still got your great, huge opportunities ahead of you. You've achieved so much personally and professionally. What what hasn't gone as well? You know, what are some of the the learnings that you've taken in, in forward? Uh, it'd be great to hear. You know, your top two or three um, learnings as you reflect and look back. That's a great question. How much more time do we have on our podcast? <laughs> Life um, is one long learning uh, journey. Um, I, I, I couldn't possibly list my top two or three. So I realize I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, this this may be a little bit overly verbose versus the nice crisp TED talk. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I believe at, at my core, I remain a lifelong learner. And I am reminded perhaps daily of how perfectly imperfect I am. And I embrace that. I've, I've really learned over the years that just being open to learning new things can really take you places that perhaps you've never imagined. For example, a couple of years ago, uh, one of the special places that work uh, brought me was to India. And so for a couple of years, I was traveling to India multiple times for various projects and, you know, had, I got to learn so much about the culture and see how our company was operating, you know, in that beautiful country. And at the same time, I had to sort of unlearn, you know, the guilt I was feeling as a working mother, leaving my three children at home while I was going off and pursuing, you know, this incredible opportunity, you know, being able to travel and work internationally. And so while I don't think I was failing, I feel like I had to really kind of come to terms with, I was making an intentional choice to prioritize, you know, that work trip at the moment. And so then when I returned home, you know, I probably did a, a probably too much overcompensating with my kids uh, because I knew I had been gone, you know, make it two weeks or something like that. And so I think just being able to successfully embrace that I, have had to make different choices throughout my career on where I put my time or where I physically am and, and being okay that it's this delicate balance that enables me to integrate everything and to have it all. And so I've, I really had to kind of unlearn guilting myself and feeling bad for not being with my kids. I actually think that being a working mother makes me a better mom. And I think that as my children get older, you know, they'll see me as a role model of someone who could achieve it all, but you know, I still had to make those hard choices. Yeah. So that's one of the things I think that kind of immediately comes to mind. I think any any working mother can relate to that. I think I was nodding nodding along to a lot of what you were saying there, <laughs> Suzanne. Yeah, I also think that I find it's very important, you know, in in where I'm at in my career right now, 
is to be completely cognizant of the things that I know and that I know very well and to embrace and even celebrate the things that I don't because I think it's impossible for anyone to know everything. And so being open to, uh, you know, remaining open to collaboration and working with people and, and continuing to learn from other people and being really inspired by what others know, uh, I think has made me stronger because the strength that comes through collaborating with diverse people and different sets of skills uh, and people from different backgrounds is just, it's so inspiring. And so I've really, I think, allowed myself to just lean heavy, heavy on collaboration and asking a lot of questions and not being afraid to ask questions. Cause I actually think that also can be a way to demonstrate your openness to wanting to learn and to really understand, you know, where the other person is coming from. And so I would encourage really anyone to just, you know, ask a lot of questions all the time and just remaining curious and seeing that as a strength versus being self-conscious that you might not have all the answers. Because I think in fact, it puts you in a stronger position yeah. going forward. Yeah, really fascinating. I think for certainly the first half of my career, I spent forever wanting and, and feeling like I had to have all the answers um, and just flipping that, as you say, to questions. You know, there's a brilliant phrase that I find holds me in good stead that I don't know what do you think uh, question it, you end up drawing you know much stronger more diverse answers and, and end up getting to better better solutions than I would have done on my own in my own head um, so some some great learnings appreciate you sharing those on the spot Suzanne we talked briefly and I'd love to to close on the topic of mentoring I know you're a passionate believer in mentoring you invest a lot of your own personal and professional time in in mentoring people inside and, and outside of Accenture, what would you say your single proudest moment has been through your, your mentoring experience? Just yesterday, I was speaking with a colleague and we were talking about a project and the conversation meandered into how this individual was feeling that day. And she asked me a couple of questions and I just shared with her just some thoughts and observations kind of off the top of my head. And she paused me for a moment and she said, I really think you need to have a podcast where you just help inspire people because you don't understand how much the words you just shared really meant to me because I've been struggling with how I've been feeling and you've just normalized it so fast and so effortlessly. And how do we bottle this up and give this to others? <laughs> and I was just really, it, it just surprised me because you know, I share my experiences and, and my optimism and my thoughts freely, right, for anyone who asks. And it, it was really quite lovely to hear how much she just appreciated the fact that I was listening to her and that I offered some thoughts or perspectives that could help her feel better or go into her next hour of her day more confidently with perhaps her head held up a little higher than before. And again, those are the things I think you know, and again, that wasn't a planned mentoring session, but it happened and it meant something. And that makes me feel good because I want to be in a position to help people. It's not just about reviewing, you know, an incredible creative brief and having the most amazing marketing and comms program. But in fact, if I help someone feel better about their feelings or how they're approaching a situation, to me, those, those are the moments that really matter. 
And um, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe I will someday follow in your footsteps and, and have a mentoring podcast someday um, and invite people because I think, you know, mentoring at the end of the day is all about just helping one another. And, and in that moment, you know, she expressed her gratitude for how I had helped her. But in fact, you know, she helped me as well, just feel good about, you know, being able to give someone that virtual hug and reminding them that they're good just the way they are. And it's, oh, it's going to be okay. And tomorrow we'll, we'll have another opportunity to greet the day, you know, with positive energy and resilience and happiness and, and a little bit of chutzpah, a little bit of sass, you know, just because it's about having fun. And I think if you can have fun at work and help people along the way and really tap into your innate creative skills and, and the talents that you have that are unique to you, you're going to be living your best life. Yeah, you really are constantly in, in service, Suzanne. I really enjoyed the conversation, found lots of lots of inspiration, I'm sure our, our audience have as well. So looking forward to the launch of your podcast coming soon. Um, thanks so much for joining us on this episode and appreciate you being so open and, and candid with uh, sharing your, your advice. So thank you for, for joining us, Suzanne. Yeah, indeed. Thank you for the opportunity and for creating you know, this platform for us to come together and to learn from one another. Really much appreciated. I'll just forever have in, in my head, there's, there's no one else in the world quite like you, Suzanne. Loved the energy and really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum, the global growth consultancy, a female-owned business brimming with incredible female talent. We're actively striving to close the gender gap. You can learn more at wearemomentum.com.